0: Spin some yarn. Um, This one is gonna uh, be—I don't know—it's gonna be based on a vague (laughs) recollection. I mean, I remember most of of what was written, but uh, I—it was kind of late. I think last night um, I fell asleep by accident. It's a boring story, but uh, I, when I woke up, I checked my phone and I had an alert on Reddit. So I looked at it and then I caught glimpse of like a title. I don't even remember what sub it was. Cause I go in um, the submarines one, the military one, the new to the Navy one, the Navy one and the podcasts one, I think. And uh, it, it just had a title that I was curious. Uh, it was somebody, it was a submarine J O asking for, help, uh, kind of venting, but kind of asking for help as well. And I read it and mind you, I was, I had just woken up. Um, and so I, I got the gist of it and I went back looking for it to reference for the podcast and I can't find it. So I don't know if it got taken down, uh, by the, the person that posted it, or if I just don't recall enough keywords or I'm Reddit challenge or what, but, um, if as you listen, you recognize the thread, if somebody could shoot me the link, that would be amazing because I would like to to post the link to the podcast um, in the discussion of this. So what the content of it was, was basically submarine JOS on a, on a shipyard boat um, and the shipyard in and of itself, or it seems like especially for submariners, I, I don't know. I say that because it's my context it, it may be like this for everyone and from some of the people i've talked to it, it seems like the opinion is universal that no one likes being in the shipyard but um he's i'm, ass- and I'm assuming he uh we have female officers so i i don't recall if it w- was specific but it doesn't matter um the person the officer the JO. Was basically explaining uh, a really, really bad command culture, um, toxic leadership. People are run ragged. They're focused on the wrong things, specifically referencing, and this is the Chiefs, uh, that they're worried about hands in pockets and uh, I think cleanliness, like CPS, instead of being good at maintenance and uh, just technical expertise, right? um and like watch standing and stuff like that and he said qualifications that was the other thing it it was uh maintenance and qualifications were the things that he he thought or she thought should be focused on and um described just basically that like working really long hours none no one ever leaves until super late um he described a situation or she uh, described a situation specifically where um they had stood duty the night prior and gotten like no sleep which happens if there's stuff going on and the duty officer engineering duty officer like are needed for evolutions or or whatever tags what stuff stuff happens um and that he got to go home early or he or the, 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 officer, I keep, I keep janking up the pronouns. I'm sorry. Um, the J O got to go home early after the duty day and early was like 1500 because he hadn't slept really. Um, and 1500, I mean, in a reasonable shipyard environment could be considered at least pretty darn close to the end of the workday. Um, and kind of throwing their hands up saying like what can I do Uh, and I I quickly scan some of the responses and I'll probably say a few of the same things but I want to explore the idea that um, from different perspectives like perspective is extremely important Uh, the intent of the people that are creating this environment I think is extremely important because Many times, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but many times the people that encounter what they believe to be a toxic command climate, and I know this because I've been high enough up in the leadership structure to be able to see what the people creating the climate are talking about, of, of which I was one of them, and been in the meetings and listened to the triad, and like I've, I got to be behind the curtain all the time. Uh, hearing the planning process oftentimes vocally disagreeing with a lot of the the choices that were made but uh, you know one or two voices in the room aren't always going to win the argument Uh, i got to influence it sometimes and i I think by and large um, i mean if graded on a curve (laughs) my last command was probably slightly above average i think we did a lot of things well there was a lot of things we could do better um but based on especially in my current job where i get to travel around and see a lot of the the submarine crews and get like a two and a half day snapshot of the culture so it's not an in-depth piece and everything's packaged for an inspection team because that's what we're doing and there's another inspection team on board generally when we're there so you know, you get it, you get a, a, sh- a look, you know, and you kind of get to gauge it. And, and I found it's actually pretty easy to disarm junior sailors and get them to tell you what they really think. And then also a lot of times I know people on board the submarine that'll give me the, the unfiltered version. But what I can tell you is the vast majority of the time when, when sailors perceive there to be a toxic command climate, what they're really experiencing is just poor leadership and i don't and that doesn't mean malicious that just means not as effective as it can and should be uh and i'm a vocal advocate for that And, and i and i think that the two things aren't mutually exclusive in that inept leadership is going to create a very negative command climate but they're Generally, isn't malice there and i think that's what gets lost in translation because the sailors are suffering so how else would they be put in this position unless these people are just heartless morons right and i get it i've been i've been standing in that position on a submarine where i thought they were all just sitting in the in the chief's mess, stroking their mustaches, laughing at the diabolical plot they were going to hatch next that was going to make our lives hurt even more. Like I've been that that third and second class that had those conversations with my buddies thinking that these guys were the evil empire. But having been where I've been and, and done what I've done, I now understand that the vast majority of the time and there and there are definitely toxic leadership structures out there that um, should not be doing their job and should never have been trusted to do that job in the first place and are, are creating a, a toxic command climate because they're just not great people. Um, but that's rare. And I've said that a bunch of times before. What I what I want to focus on is that in a command like this, generally what's happening is there's a whole bunch of people that are in these leadership positions that are genuinely concerned with what's best for the command and mission accomplishment and have a hard time understanding that what's best for the people overall in every aspect is the same thing. (laughs) The, for some reason in naval leadership development and that includes our officers they and i i find this to be especially acute in the submarine service i i don't know if it's the same in other communities but it's really bad in the submarine community the officers and senior leadership as a result kind of gets pulled in a lot of the times and other times they're the the one that are arguing against it. But at the end of the day, the guy wearing the guy or gal wearing the command at pin gets to make the decision um, The they get f- focused on mission accomplishment and they get focused on metrics and efficiencies and and we have to do training and drills and c- admin reviews and create processes so that all of our programs are working efficiently and effectively and I can turn my spreadsheet green and I can check things off on my little task list and report completion to the next higher superior in my chain of command and they can make their spreadsheets green. And when all the spreadsheets are green, all is well with the world and we're enough like a lean, mean (laughs) fighting machine. Like our, our mission of efficacy is going to be outstanding and they lose sight of the the people aspect of it where the only way you're going to be an efficient unit in whatever mission area you're operating in is when the people that comprise that unit and who are responsible for completing that mission of actually doing all of the tasks that add up to actual mission accomplishment that they're well taken care of. And that includes training and it includes having efficient and um, effect like just effective, but not onerous administrative processes to make sure that because pay issues stress people out uh, admin issues that can like hold back a promotion or an award or whatever, or some kind of progression or getting a job or whatever stress people out but also not getting enough liberty stresses people out (laughs) having issues at home that they don't have time to take care of stresses people out stress on a marriage because you're never home or when you do get home you're angry and or tired or just disengaged from any family obligations that you have stresses people out and so it's it's a balancing act it's there's two there's there's I mean, there's probably multiple sides if you want to call it that. But there's two things that I think are are opposing one another in that the people that are in charge of making all the decisions and making the plan and, and figuring out how the submarine or whatever unit you want to apply this, this concept to is going to train and equip and and man and qualify and do everything that they need to do to accomplish whatever the mission is even if that mission is completing an availability and getting out of the shipyard with qualified watch and people that are ready to go to sea which is difficult they're doing so the the people in charge are doing so in a way where it's they're doing so almost in a vacuum where it's not like they're not having conversations with the people that are supposed to be the experts so like department heads, department chiefs, um, you know, CMC, XO, all those people are in the room, but a lot of times what gets lost in translation or not voiced at all by the leadership that feeds those representatives so that they can go into those meetings and then feed the information up to the decision makers is the the people piece of the puzzle in in that we're looking at. Our sailors like they are a piece of equipment or machinery and that we just need to do the maintenance of training and do the maintenance of admin and compliance and all the other crap that jam packs the plan of the week to the point that it's choked out. You barely have time for lunch and you find yourself on the ship every day in shipyard when you have no obligation to go to sea past 1800. And I've been there. Um, Same thing in, in, Any kind of other import environment or even at sea where where sailors are struggling to get sleep because there's all these onerous requirements that a lot of them are superfluous, like a lot of them don't have a purpose. They're just a thing that somebody thinks is a good idea. So they cram it in the plan of the week because they think that they're superior like it or it's going to turn some stupid spreadsheet green. And what you end up with is a J.O. getting on Reddit. And crying out for help, like advice on like, what can I do as a first tour junior officer to try to rectify some of this? Because what he sees is through a a human filter, because God bless this person for not having lost that yet. Like that, that lens through which he's looking at his sailors as human beings that have needs, including himself or herself And he that that Jo wants to address it, that leader wants to address those needs, but is up against a pretty uh, formidable foe in the uh, the bureaucratic nature of how submarines operate, whether it's in the shipyard or in or in any other environment where the chain of command thinks that white space is the enemy in a plan of the week and they have to cram something in there. And if they're not training or drilling or qualifying or doing any possible thing that is supposed to be done uh, in accordance with some book somewhere or some you know requirement that they created themselves that time is being wasted or they're not doing their job or they're not going to be prepared when they get the ship to sea and are charged with the mission of missions, vital national security, blah, blah, blah. So, What's weird about it is both both entities, so this JO be and, and any sailor that's in this position on the bottom looking up, <laughs> is in the position of concern for the human needs of all of these sailors that are clearly not being met because they have conversations with them all. They can see it. They're feeling it themselves, that they're not getting enough sleep, they're not getting enough time at home, there's no balance. Um, and also that a lot of that time is being wasted for no reason that they're on the submarine and they don't need to be, they could be at home, but for whatever reason, these, you know, the evil empire is, is conspiring to keep them on board and just run them ragged. And so now morale's low, uh, discipline is low. Uh, people aren't getting qualified and a lot of that is, is, I guess that this particular command isn't as focused on that as they apparently should be. But also it's sailors do a lot of qualifying in what is considered free time. So like um, during the day, they're doing the normal work of the division or the work center. And then when that's done, then they go work on qualifications, get in the books, go get a check out, go stand a UI, whatever. Can't do that if you don't have any free time and if you do get free time, but that free time is after, uh, your third or fourth, 12 hour, 13 hour, 14 hour day in a row, you're not going to spend it doing quals. You're going to leave, you're going to go home and you should. So the, the trouble here is, well, I don't think it's evil empire. I think the chain of command of the submarine probably has good intentions. Um, the the loss of focus on human needs is, I feel like, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, leadership triads make, especially on vessels of any kind or just operational units, is that. They spend too much time on metrics and sometimes that can come from a place of i want to get promoted so i need to make sure that my spreadsheet's green because that's how they're judged which is also a giant problem because you're gonna the leaders that are put in that position that do want to advance are going to work towards the metrics that are set for them right so like a lot of the stuff you hear about uh, in, in relation to advancement that sailors complain about is like well why do I have to go to college or why do I have to volunteer? You see the bake sale memes and all that stuff. Go read the the chiefs board precepts, right? Sailors are going to work towards the things you put in front of them. So the precepts say that those things are important. So sailors are going to make those things important if they want to advance. And so when you put community involve com- command and community involvement in there when you put specific examples when you put uh, collateral duties so you're going to get collateral duty cowboys you, you're like you're going to get people are going to work towards the content of those precepts and then based on those precepts the boards are going to select to those precepts so we need to revise the criteria with which we're evaluating and advancing sailors in order to get that to not be the thing that we're working towards. And the same applies here where the leadership is working towards similar criteria put in place by the next superior command. So the Commodores and then the flag officers or the CMCs that are at those commands as well, that are, are judging and evaluating the the unit level. CMCs are putting forth criteria by which these people are judged and if they don't meet those metrics they don't move forward in their careers and that can motivate leadership to do some dumb stuff um so those criteria need to be revised however leadership is a solution to everything <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh extreme ownership quotes so it's jocko willink and leif bavin is just that you can lead your way out of nearly any problem. I'd like, I want to say any problem, but like everything, there's, there's no absolutes or very few in in this life. So I'm sure somebody could produce an example where that's not true, but the vast majority of the time it is. So any, any good leader, any well-prepared and educated leader with which, you know, obviously I think there's a problem there because I do this podcast and I spend so much time talking about it, but if leaders spend the time to educate themselves on leadership and the best ways to meet human needs with which this command clearly has a problem, they could do both. There's nothing precluding a submarine from doing both. And here's what I mean by that. So the, the stuff that like the the joke on the internet is like verifying your end the stuff that like, like it matters, but it's really low on the on the list of priorities. That kind of stuff doesn't need to be liberty dependent ever. Um, And, and good commanding officers recognize that they have a lot of leeway when they are the ones making the decision to. Uh, Be late on a requirement or waive a requirement or just change the plan in some way that, hey, we're going to meet this requirement, but we're going to do it in a different way or on a different timeline or like like I mentioned, not do it at all Um, or we'll do that when we return to port or whatever. Um, and, and again, there's a lot of calculus that goes into that as far as like, is this mission critical? Um, do I not have a choice because the flag officer is, is basically making it liberty dependent for the yeah, you know, like making it a, a hey, thou shalt do this by this date thing. So there's always going to be things that need to be considered in that way. But there's a lot of stuff that the commanding officers have control over so when you when we would go through the plan of the week at the meetings all the planning meetings that we would do ops briefs and all that other stuff the i'd say at least 70 percent of the content of that plan of the week we had complete control over so there's stuff where there are requirements right where like nukes are a really great example of in their um whatever rpms or edms or whatever the hell book they have a lot of them there's training requirements right they have to do a certain number of hours and they have to do these um they're called like uh i think it stands for continuing training exam or something like that like it's a cte exam so they have to do exams every like week or something they have a lot of of hard and fast requirements they have uh like their their timelines for qualifying something, or um, staying proficient, or whatever. I mean, these things are like etched in stone. There are very few requirements in nuclear manuals that are are <laughs> subjective uh, or like waverable or there's any leeway at all. Right. So they, there are things that like that, that are going to be prioritized, especially by nuclear train commanding officers. Right. Um, we're not going to let somebody go past their, I think they, they have like the, whatever they say, like the EDM dates or whatever. But I don't know. I'm probably butchering this, but I used to know the stuff better when I heard it talked about every day. But, um, so there, there's stuff like that. There's there's requirements for like security drills on ballistic missile submarines or um, before you do a maintenance item, you have to do this evolution. Like there's certain things that you're going to have to do. Right. And but that's prioritizing those. You prioritize those things on a list and then you decide what's got to be done now and what can be done tomorrow and what can be done a week or a month from now and what stuff can just drop off the plate until we have bandwidth. Right. It's like two crew submarines. For example, right? Like we have, we still call it the off crew. What it's really called is a pre-deployment training period, because again, we needed to find another way to shoot ourselves in the foot and <laughs> steal people's liberty. But the uh, the the two crew submarine concept is one crew has a submarine at sea; the other crew is import training and getting everything ready, and and getting provisions and qualifications and training and whatever done, so that when the submarine comes back, we go into like a refit period where we fix anything that's broke and uh load the submarine out and get everything ready to go and then we take the other crew takes it out so shorter periods in port submarine stays out longer because there's another crew waiting to take over replenish and get back out there but you have a a three-ish month period where you don't own the submarine (laughs) so if you're a crew of a submarine and you don't even own the submarine imagine the bandwidth that you should have However, what generally ends up happening nowadays is a war on white space where we just find stuff to populate uh, the plan of the day with and it massacres anybody's ability to get liberty and spend time at home. So what you'll find uh, is people are in this building doing things until eighteen (laughs) hundred. When they don't even have a warship to worry about. There's no maintenance requirements. There's no watch standing. There's no duty. There's no nothing. It's just trainers and planning meetings and stuff like that. And they f- still find a way to uh, keep, especially khakis. A lot of times a junior enlisted get a pretty a pretty good break. But E6 and above, more probably chief and above, you just they find a way to keep the, those people busy to the point of ridiculousness. So educating yourself on what's required and then just prioritizing all of the things that we think we need to do. And then just having a really good filter for um, how we're going to spread these things out, how we're going to take advantage of opportunities to get the crew liberty, to get the crew quality of life items, to understand that, Hey, uh, and, and I have my prior commanding officer. I have a lot of issues with the way he did things. But I can tell you one thing that he was outstanding at was making sure, sure that when we were in that period where we didn't own the submarine, that the crew got as many like it, we took a lot of like three or four day weekends. Any opportunity that man had to give the crew a day off, he would do. And he did it on purpose. He was investing in the future so that when we did own the warship, when he had to ask a lot of us, he would say ahead of time, like, hey, I'm doing this because it's going to be tough when we get the boat back. We got a short schedule. We got a lot to get done. And then we got to take it out and go do God's work. So. He knew that the more he invested ahead of time in quality of life items, making sure sailors had time to go do things, blah, blah, blah. that when we got the submarine back, it's like, yeah, you're refreshed. You feel good. You had a lot of time off so that when those things are asked of you, like it still sucks, right? Like, like when you have to work really long hours, uh, you don't get to go home, you don't get to sleep. It still sucks, but it's not, you you don't see people fray as much. You don't see morale dive as much you'll see people working hard and suffering together but laughing about it instead of looking like they want to jump off the side of the submarine um it's a different thing unit cohesion is still high even though yeah in the in a lot of those moments it's like it still sucks it's still hard it's just a different mentality everybody's in a different space and the unit as a whole The unit cohesion as a whole is much much higher Um, as far as the specific case of this command and just kind of the the and i get a lot of these questions about um it's an individual saying well what can i do and a lot of times the answer is not what they want it to be because a jo on a submarine can't fix this like you can't fix the submarine Mm you can make your contribution to in a couple of ways. Um, The first one is based on the idea, and and I'm not in a position to be a qualified judge of if this chain of command is actually toxic and would not even be willing to entertain a conversation or if this chain of command is simply ineffective uh, in doing a lot of the things that they need to do to Obtain the goal of a a great command climate and mission accomplishment. Um, But I imagine this J.O. has enough insight to do that themselves. So what I'll say is if it's a toxic, if it's really, truly a toxic leadership structure, um, there's a I, I would need more detail to give you any kind of real advice on what your next move could be in order to try to help um address the situation especially if there's really like egregious things happening like where sailors are like there's like policy being violated or sailors getting taken advantage of or like there's like grievance level stuff or ig level stuff that needs to get reported um i I didn't get that vibe from the post but it was just a reddit post with not as much context as i would need to to really know that um what my suspicion is based on generally this being the case is that it's probably a leadership structure. That's more, uh, inept or just kind of missing the mark with their likely good intent. And I say good, like they're trying to accomplish the mission and they want everybody to be well-trained and qualified and they want the submarine to do well. They're just not going about accomplishing that in the right way. Um, it, it is what it is like th- we don't spend time investing in leadership development and education in the way that we need to to have effective leaders in these positions we just don't uh, and that's a problem but what i would say is that with that kind of baseline evaluation of this like vague leadership uh triad that i've kind of painted because I, I don't have enough details to know exactly what's going on um what i can tell you is they're probably pretty reasonable human beings that genuinely have the best interests of the crew of the submarine at heart most of the time and that in certain scenarios may entertain doing some of the things you wish they would do um, but you haven't had those types of conversations and that there are ways to do that. I can tell you that, uh, J O going and sitting down to, and talking to the, either the CMC or in this case, the chief of the boat, probably not the worst idea ever asking questions about, um, like if you really believe and ha and even better have evidence that, qualifications coming out of the shipyard have not been made a priority. And as a result, the watch will suffer. And you don't think the command is paying any attention to that and should be. That's a conversation you go sit down and have with your cob, uh, and say, Hey, <laughs> why is this not a priority? We know we're coming out of the shipyard. We know we're going to have a much watch bill demand, and we're not going to be able to effectively do that. Especially, uh, especially if you have like people that are going to be port and starboard because no one's qualified, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's an issue. Um, that's a conversation you can have and and maybe the cob just has 10 other flaming chainsaws he's juggling and kind of just lost focus on that i I, i'm slowing down as i say that because i have a hard time believing that that's not at the top of their uh to-do list but um but i who knows you know like me i don't know what's going on so sitting, the point being, sitting down and having a conversation with the person that owns the process that you're concerned with, uh, that's a thing that might be worth doing. Uh, sitting down with your XO, if you think that'll be a productive conversation, or your CO, and just saying, I- I'd like to have conversations and, and frame it as you want to be a better leader. You want to be a better officer. Uh, like, I see these things happening. I see the sailors stressed out. What can I do? Like, what can you... What advice can you give me to be a better division officer as far as like, how can I better take care of my sailors so that they have more time off and, and what have you? Um, framing the conversation that way might be enough to get the ball rolling in that CO XO's head about, do we have an issue with other people? Like, let me go grab another division officer or maybe a department head, but probably a devo uh, and go grab them and be like, hey, are you having the same issue? Like, are your sailors like super stressed out are you concerned about their ability to like get maintenance done effectively and and navigate work controls processes uh effectively because they're stressed out and tired all the time they don't get enough liberty Uh, because like a lot of times you'll see a work controls violation and it has to be because they don't understand the content of the tums or whatever um and it's it's not that it's that they are their give a crap level is so low at this point their morale is so low that maybe because they said effort or maybe because they just they weren't engaged and missed something and made a mistake that they otherwise wouldn't have made if they were engaged and motivated and cared and invested in the success of the unit um they wouldn't have made so it's like uh, if, if if they see that demand signal from you framed that way that might be enough to start a conversation um separately from that what uh, there's some creativity uh that can go into these things and what do i mean by that well (laughs) when i was a chief uh on my not this past boat but the one before that i mean i did it on my last boat too but i had a lot more uh shall we say authority uh on that submarine but on, on the one before that, we had a really just insane schedule, but I saw at my level, there were days that I didn't need my whole division to be on the submarine. There were days in our schedule, like there might be a, a one week block where there wasn't really much going on that my sailors needed to be on board the submarine for. And it was just like a sometimes the CS division will get in this routine where it's literally just like show up make sure lunch goes off without a hitch soon as cleanups done. We're sitting around staring at each other. So what I would do when I knew those days were going to exist is maybe one or two tops of my sailors. uh, The day before I would look at that sailor and be like, you have a dental appointment tomorrow. Wink. (laughs) So you're not going to be here. Um, The vast majority of the time. If a chief says (laughs) that, a sailor's got somewhere they need to be, uh, that's not there, then that's not going to be questioned. Um, I hated having to do it quite that way, but that's just the way that it needed to happen at the time to accomplish what I needed to accomplish to make sure my sailors had the time off to get done what they needed to get done or just had the break that they needed to just be like, you know, like to decompress or whatever, um, to get done what they need to get done. Sometimes that involved me going in there and advocating for them to get leave or whatever else. But sometimes it was just that it was like, if I don't need you here, I don't want you here. I want you to be off doing things you need to do. And I say need purposefully, in that you need to spend time with your family like you need to be at home and not on the ship for your sanity for the health of your relationship with your spouse or kids or who what whoever friends um and just have that time away so that you don't go insane and so that you're engaged and morale is high and and you take training and drilling seriously and everything else so um that is a mechanism that exists. If you and your chief sit down and have a conversation, say the sphere of control that I have is the division that I'm the division officer of. And it, there are times where I just don't need people here. Even if it's like half a day, you know, like I I'd have somebody come in muster and be like, all right, it's, it's 9am go to your dental appointment and don't come back. Wink, wink. Um, then that's a thing that you can, you can, use to take care of your people because that's what you have control over. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to save the whole ship more like more, more likely than not. You're not going to be able to fix it for everyone because you're just not, you're not the commanding officer. Um, You might be able to plant that seed based on the prior conversation that I mentioned having, but more likely than not, you're going to just have to exercise control over what you can. You're going to have to take care of the sailors you're charged with leading and that means your division. So you have presumably a division chief, uh, sit down and have that conversation with them and say, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Um, I want to start getting guys out of here when we can. And if that means that he has a conversation with the EDMC and says, Hey, I'm going to do this. And then you fly by Eng and just Eng cool with it. And that's where it stops. Cool. Um, you may find yourself having a conversation where the Cobb and every XO and everybody else is like, well, yeah, you could have been doing that already. Why aren't you doing that? Like, you know what I mean? Like you might have a conversation where they just assume that being the division officer in chief, you're managing the liberty of your division effectively. You never know. I don't know what the as far as like you specifically as a junior officer, you probably answer to the end or XO. So there might be different demands on your time, might be different demands on Chief's time from Cobb and EDMC. But as far as the division itself, I mean, no one ever told me like there were mandatory events, obviously, but nobody ever told me when to put my division on liberty. I put them on liberty when it was time to put them on liberty. So if I told them, hey, you don't have to be here tomorrow because you're the guy that I'm giving the day off tomorrow, then whatever. They're not here. And I made sure there was no mandatory events. I made sure there wasn't a thing they needed to do. But there's ways in which you can manage that uh, if you're not already doing that, Um, which for some reason, a lot of people think that, you know, like the Cobb or EDMC or or higher, like that they have some like problem with sailors being on Liberty if their chief and divo decide that there's nothing for them to do. Like I own that work center. I own that work list. If there's nothing to do, I'm going to put my sailors on Liberty. So, um, and there may very well be people like that out there that would have a problem with that, which is why sometimes you need to get creative. Uh, I know that sounds, I don't know, maybe you can make the argument that that's slightly unethical, but i'm the one in charge of them and i control their liberty and if i had a cob or an emc or an xo or whoever that i knew would have a problem with me putting my sailors on liberty just by virtue of the fact that they should just be here but and then okay but why and then well, but just because it's normal working hours like okay no <laughs> i'm gonna find a way around that so there's that um and then the last part to consider is and I hesitate to even mention this because I don't want to pass judgment on people I don't even know. However, many times, um, shipyard submarines, I don't know if it, this applies to everybody, but shipyard submarines, especially if you're in the shipyard for a long period of time, when you call qual- and, I, and I don't I kind of vaguely know some of the stuff via just overheard discussions and questions that I've asked, it applies to the CO and XO billeting as well Um i think like and i'm i'm just gonna say it like that because i'm not an expert on it i don't i'm not a hundred percent sure how that happens but i think it kind of happens similarly but um i know for a fact that the cobs and how they get detailed um you when you qualify cob you get graded in tiers right uh and basically what it means is like you're qualified to be a cop like you can do the job but uh the tier grading and this is all in the subpers man if you if anybody ever wants to look it up um it basically says tier one is like top shelf leadership needs no supervision basically like the ep cob (laughs) like this person uh can go anywhere this is a a leader that you would expect to be able to go into a place like uh the unit you're describing and start transforming the culture Right, like they don't need a lot of support. They're going to go in there and get after it no matter what, and you're going to see a lot of things start getting fixed and squared away. Tier two is is probably like the the uh, the MP, right? Like the they're good. They can handle it. Um, go to a just kind of like an average unit and do the thing and probably do well. And and s- like might need a little support, might, but like they're 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 going to be good. Like they're gonna they're gonna get the job done. Uh, and, and and do do well and then uh, tier three is like your your p maybe right um, they need to go to a unit where uh, they have kind of some support so maybe like a unit where they're the, the chief's mess is really strong or a unit in the shipyard um, where they don't have the demands of an operational submarine so it's a thing to keep in mind. I, I, I'm not passing judgment on anyone. I'm sure there are amazing people in those positions that get detailed there, tier three that are in the shipyard and they light the world on fire, right? I'm not passing judgment on anyone. (laughs) However, it's a thing to understand is that it may be a developing leader. Like you may have people there now that are the ones that needed the support the ones that still had time to develop um that are figuring it out on the job as as you work through that shipyard period so that's a thing that can figure into the calculus that's that's all that that is right again (laughs) as i'm saying this i'm like thinking about like buddies of mine hearing it and, and like cobs and stuff and flipping out but it's i'm not you know, I'm not saying all shipyard cobs are bad, right at all. I might even edit this out (laughs) because I just don't want to hurt feelings. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's a thing to consider is that in, in any case, a leader that is detailed to a position is learning things as they do it, right? Most cobs, like there are second tour cobs that have done it before, but most cobs have literally never done this before. So they're, Figuring it out as they go many times where they're like the experience they're getting on the job is them figuring out, oh, that's how you do that thing. Okay, let's look at how that thing unfolded. How could I do this thing better and takes the lessons learned, goes forward, hopefully does it better next time. So no matter how they're graded out, they're all effectively learning on the job because, of course, they are right? It's, they've never done this before. Like they're, they're qualified it, they have a lot of experience to draw on. They've seen great cobs do the, the job. They've talked to a lot of people. Like there's definitely been a preparation process there, but they've never done the job before. So they're, they're learning. Every leader is unless you've done it before. And even then you're still learning new lessons because you're dealing with different people, different dynamics, different missions, different, whatever. So uh, definitely an important piece to uh, kind of Add into the calculus as you add this all up in your head. So. Um, but as far as as far as the J.O. and what uh, they could do it, this is very much a you can control what you can control. Um, some of that is you going and having conversations with people frame it in a way that is them teaching you what you can do to be a better leader, because I think you'll get a much better result from that. But it can also kind of uh, by way of inception, (laughs) plant the idea in the mind of that leader that you had the conversation with that they might have a problem that they weren't focused on or weren't aware of for whatever reason. I'm telling you, you get in some of these positions and sometimes you put blinders on. And that was one of the reasons why I so openly told the people that worked for me that if I'm doing something stupid, I demand you bring it to my attention. And I, I might tell you no I'm doing that on purpose and here's why and I'll explain it to you and maybe you don't get to stop doing the thing that you thought was stupid but at least you have a better idea of why we're doing it and then a lot of the other times I'd be like oh okay I didn't realize that had that effect the downstream effect on you and you're like it might be a thing that you're just thinking that I'm doing it because I'm a jerk and in reality I, man i juggling 7,000 flaming chainsaws, I'm going to miss something. And it's going to be something that you as the end user might think is super obvious. And I should just know I should just be aware of this. And by virtue of the fact that it's happening this way, I must just be a moron. I must just be a bad leader. Well, turns out I'm just human and I'm juggling 7,000 flaming chainsaws because what you see as the end user, as the junior personnel that work for those leaders Is twenty percent of what I am responsible for doing. I am telling you, like, (laughs) there is so much crap that I have to get done, and all the keep all these chainsaws spinning so that nobody gets injured and nothing, you know, nothing really terrible happens. That there is inevitably something I am going to screw up, right? And it's going to affect you as as a junior. So that was something that I would always do is tell my tell my people, like, hey bring it to my attention. Tell me when I'm being a moron. Tell me when I've made a bad plan. Tell me when you think like I'll put something out and you're immediately cringing like, oh, that's a terrible plan. Bring that to my attention. And it's either going to end with me going, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't take that thing into consideration. What, And then we have a discussion about like, OK, so how can I still accomplish the thing that needs accomplishing, but mitigate that negative effect? Or I'm going to explain something to you that you don't have visibility on. And then you're going to understand why we have to do the thing that we're doing. Either like you're going to understand it better and it's not going to be such a negative thing. You're not going to be so upset about it. Or you're just going to understand, hey, we got to we got to put put ourselves through the eye of this needle. And it just it is what it is. I don't like it either, but we, we don't have a choice because missions got to get accomplished these are the circumstances that have forced us into the situation and we just got to do this thing that's going to suck. That is another thing that could have come out of that conversation, but absolutely bring it to my attention because, you know, I might just be missing something. And so that you could be shocked by a lot of those conversations, which is why I encourage so many people to have them. And it's nerve wracking. I get it. You feel like you're confronting a leader or you're, you're challenging them or, or, or uh, questioning their abilities and that's why i say go into it with that uh, idea in your mind and and start the conversation off with you like you're asking for advice or you're asking for them to walk you through what you can do better as a leader in order to take care of this problem that you see that you're so concerned about which is you know, people aren't getting enough rest and time off and we aren't focused on the right things like qualifications. So you could frame like the qualifications conversation on like my watch, but like my guys aren't getting qualified fast enough. And I view the problem to be these things. But like, what do I do about this? How do I get my people qualified? Uh, how do I get the focus to be on qualifications so that, you know, the engineers blocking off an hour every other day or whatever i don't know like monday wednesday and friday there's like eng qual hour where interviews get done so that people can get qualified and our watch bill can have much better support or whatever um but go into it with a, 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 that humble approach and perspective and just go in there and tell them like hey i'm a developing leader i'm I really I, I see this problem and i really want to fix it but i don't know what to do i don't under i don't know how i can balance that and get my sailor's time off, but also make sure that all the maintenance is getting done or, or all the qualifications are happening or whatever. Um, and leverage every other mechanism that you have, including sitting down talking to your chief and figuring out ways to get people time off or figuring out ways to let people leave early or come in late or, Uh, I mean, there were times where like I used to take some duty days for people on their birthdays, just there, whatever you can possibly do to improve morale there, get creative. I talk about drink runs a lot. Um, when we're in a really crap situation, everybody's stressed out, show up with a bag of everybody's favorite energy drink, whatever it is. Um, there, there's something you can do in the leadership position that you're in. Uh, and I, I do encourage you to involve your chief if if it's somebody that you think will add to the, the positivity and productivity of this process. Um, there's uh, You can exercise a lot of control over the quality of life of your juniors. As far as for you, that's going to be you having conversations with engineer, XO, uh, those types of people, Cobb, EDMC, uh, depending on whose kind of purview the concern falls under. And uh, going in it, into it with that type of an attitude and maybe also either bringing a friend or encouraging other JOs uh, to do that as well. And I, I wouldn't doubt that your department heads have some of the same concerns uh, and are stressed out in a lot of the same way um, as far as time off and, and everything else. So having those conversations and you might be able to plant that seed. Um, where they start to think they have a problem that they're not addressing or they're surprised by a concern you bring to them. And they're like, they go start looking at it and then go down the road of fixing some of those things. Um, but, uh, if again, like I mentioned at the beginning, if anybody has a, uh, line on that post or that user, I'd really love to talk to them. Or if the user happens to be listening, hit me up, uh, love to talk to you in detail about it and try to maybe I I, I know this was kind of I talked a lot longer than I probably would have because I felt like I had to capture a lot of what ifs but uh, because it was it was vague and then I couldn't find the post to reference it even so um, if anybody has a post send me the link if if anybody knows the user or uh, the user themselves is listening the uh, off of reddit that posted that hit me up uh, don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com you can facebook message us don't go up the ship podcast or you can dm me on instagram or reddit you can private message me there uh at ds podcast or just ds Podcast on reddit um really uh would love to provide as much insight as i as i can and if i can tailor the advice to more detail like i'll ask a bunch of questions privately that i know you don't want to put out too much detail on reddit i get that um we can try to like dial a bit it in it in a bit <laughs> but if anybody has any questions about any of this or, or comments or stories or whatever again don't be afraid to reach out i'd love to discuss it with you uh if you want to support us digaspodcast.com slash shop uh stickers pins all kinds of other stuff t-shirts still stuff like that um can order that it's not for profit it's just it helps us pay the bills uh all the uh the paypal account the payment goes to is is the paypal account, account all the bills come out of so like i promise you it's not for profit all the money goes back into paying the just the subscription fees and stuff like that for the the podcast and the website and the in the rss feed and all that stuff and then uh if you would be so kind to help get the word out like share subscribe review on all the platforms for podcasts and social media and all the things uh it just helps get the podcast stuff in front of the people that uh, that need it and uh, that is it So what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship